Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I would say pretty good. I just have some sort of cold that's driving me crazy. So I want to say that ahead of time so that if my voice sounds more annoying than usual, I know it's already usually <laughs> annoying, but if it's more oh my annoying gosh, it is not. than usual, it's because of this annoying cold. So I'm very sorry. I can't breathe out of my nose either. So I'll try that's not to so breathe terrible. I'm sorry. It's okay. That's, that's not oh, fun. It's so annoying. I'm so over it. Well, it's also hard right now to get sick with something other. Like you always think, uh oh, is it COVID? Yes, and then, I so I hate that aspect of it. It's like I'm always worried, and it's usually like allergies or something, but you never know. Yeah, it's so funny these days. Like, I feel like we've forgotten that there are things that, you know, other than COVID that you can get. So anytime anyone is sick, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you yeah. okay? Have you been tested? I tested, yeah. you know, just to be safe. But yeah. no, it's just a little cold. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, other than that, feeling good. Um, no complaints. I Good. hope you don't lose power. I know you have some crazy storms happening. Yeah, I hope I don't lose power either. So it, the wind has just been absolutely, it's never like this. I don't, it's just crazy. So weird. Today, we're going to talk about how to essentially secure your email list and your reputation. Um, this might seem like something we've talked about a million times, but I think this is actually um, a bit of a different perspective than we've shared before. And we're going to talk all about essentially keeping your email list and your reputation safe from all the spammers and bad people out there who might want to take advantage of you. Because unfortunately, a reality of email is that it's often abused by spammers and fishers. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled some stats to try and I love show stats. this. I know. These, and these stats are yeah. very telling. So good. according to Statista, Statista. Uh, 47.3% of all emails in 2020 were spam. So almost half emails sent out there in the world were spam. And then according to Verizon, 94% of malware is delivered via email. So these fishers love to use email. It's very effective for them. And Gmail revealed that their service blocks over 100 million phishing emails a day. That's crazy. Which is wild. So it's clear that email is a super popular way for spammers and fishers to deliver their malicious messages. They love using email. And obviously, services like Gmail are trying to put up all of these different forces and things to stop the spammers and fishers, but they're still able to get through from time to time. And I imagine 2020 was probably a pretty significant increase. I I don't have a statistic, but... um... My guess would that would be that it probably was a lot more than we've ever seen before because of so much going on in the world. And it's just easy for spammers to take advantage of situations like that because people are stressed and nervous and scared. And personally, I have seen an increase in spam messages in my inbox in the last year. I agree. And also, you know, 2020 was crazy. And then this holiday season, any holiday season mm-hmm. is also usually a prime time where we see more spam and more fish with all the volume going out and trying to take advantage of people around the holidays, yeah. which is not fun. No. You might be thinking, okay, email spam is annoying, but how does this affect my email list? 
as someone with an email list and an account with an ESP, you have an asset that's valuable to spammers. So you have people on your list who are in most likely engaged with your content, who look out for your emails, and who trust you as a sender. So all of that to be said, you have something that spammers want. So spam protection has continued to improve, which makes it harder for spammers and fishers to get their mail delivered using their own domains and signing up for ESPs. Um, it still happens plenty, but it's definitely a lot harder for them. And then this means that for many fishers, they will have more success if they can piggyback off of the reputation of a good email sender. You know, this is kind of hard to spot, but this is part of what, you know, Alyssa and I do every day is we're always watching and looking, you know, people don't know that we're there. <laughs> we're always <laughs> like trying to make sure that, yeah, people aren't getting taken advantage of and someone is not using their domain or their list for bad reasons. And there are some ways that you can, in which spammers might try to use your reputation for bad and how these are some ways that you can protect yourself. I found an account one time who had tried to sign up for uh, an account with us and they were actually using someone else's domain um, to try and sign up and I caught them. But it's just really interesting because that person needed to go in and change their information in their their own, you know, the owner of the actual domain needed to go in and change their password. And it's just something we hear all the time, change your passwords, change, you know, your mm -hmm. security settings, and we don't. And then something like that happens. And it's just way too easy for people to, um, once they get in, they can use it a lot of different ways. I know the example you're talking about. And that one was really interesting because like you're saying, their, I think their like G Suite account, their mm -hmm. actual email account was hacked and they didn't know it. Someone right. had access to it that wasn't them. Mm -hmm. That person went and signed up for a ConvertKit account and verified that they owned the email address. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily for you know the customer, you knew that was a well-known creator who already mm -hmm. has a ConvertKit account. Mm -hmm. So the second you saw their account come through a new account, you were suspicious and you were like, this is weird. Why are they creating a new account? Mm -hmm. um, but if those you know factors hadn't been there, it would have been very hard for us to know that right. wasn't a real person. So yeah, there are lots of ways people can manipulate things and try and take advantage of your sending. So we do have three different things we're going to talk about, three different steps. You definitely should take two of them. The third one we'll talk about. It's a little more nuanced, um, but these will help you protect everything we're referring to, your email list, your reputation, all of that. So the first thing, and I would say Maybe the most important thing for you to take away today, because this is very easy and everyone should do it. Mm -hmm. So number one, use two-factor authentication at your ESP to prevent account takeovers. So if you're using ConvertKit, for example, go into your account either right now or as soon as you're done listening to this podcast and add two-factor authentication so that you'll get a text to your phone to you know confirm your login anytime you log in. I know it's annoying. I have two-factor authentication set up on a lot of my accounts, and yes, it's annoying, but it's way, way, way better than what could happen mm -hmm. if you don't set that up. And unfortunately, we've seen what happens sometimes if people don't have that set up, and a lot of other ESPs have seen that too. So unless you have a unique password at every single place you log in, if you do, that's actually wonderful, mm -hmm. um, but it's very uncommon these days. And unfortunately, with the way the internet is right now, it's very likely that your commonly used login credentials have been leaked at some point mm -hmm. and that 
all other accounts that share those login credentials are at risk of being compromised. It's a really good idea if you haven't already to go to haveibeenpwned.com and enter your email address and see if your information has been involved in any data breaches. I know I entered mine and it was involved in three. And so that means at those three places, I think like, for example, Canva was one. Hmm. Whatever I used to log into Canva is out there, uh, probably on a purchase list somewhere. Someone can buy that. And so what bad actors will often do, let's say they want to take over a bunch of PayPal accounts. So they're going to buy that list of compromised logins, emails, and passwords. And then they're going to write some sort of script that will try and log in to PayPal using those logins and passwords and see which ones work. And then whichever ones work, they're going to go in there and they're going to start paying themselves or whatever they can do Mm -hmm. in there. So um, we've also seen this happen with ESPs, lots of different ESPs. This isn't an ESP-specific problem. Mm -hmm. And in case you're new here, when we say ESP, that means email service provider. So like ConvertKit, MailChimp, uh, SendGrid. This can happen at any ESP. So make sure that you have two-factor authentication in place so that if somebody does try and um, enter your credentials that they've purchased somewhere from a data breach, they're not going to be able to continue on. I was going to say, this should be just a PSA in general for people to set up two-factor on any account you have that offers it. Because it's too easy for people to gain access to that information. It really is. Recently... I think it was my Instagram. I got a mm-hmm. notification that someone had signed in on my Instagram, which is just always a scary you know, thing yep. to see. Or maybe it was Spotify. It might have been both at the same time. And I was like, oh. And it showed that they actually logged in. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. they know my credentials. Luckily, both of those platforms, you know, they're not doing anything financial or anything huge. But that scared me enough that I went, I like started a spreadsheet and I wrote down all my like really important accounts and then noted whether I added two-factor authentication or not. And I made sure to do it on anything that was like crucial, where if someone got in, it would cause a lot of damage. And in case you're like, well, what could happen? Okay, they log into my ESP, what's going to happen? They can do a ton of damage. And there's a lot of different things they can do. But the most common thing we've seen is that they can add a large, large list of subscribers to your account Usually that comes from like a big purchase list and just send them straight up spam or phishing emails. And if you're not aware of the difference, spam is more of like, you know, spam. <laughs> that was not cool. No, no, it's it is. It's weird to try to explain because I think spam gets thrown around a lot and yeah, maybe in ways too that it's not really good to describe something that way, but you have to really like go down a rabbit hole almost to put yourself in a bad situation. Like normally spam is like you click on a link and you're like, oh, this looks like really markety and like, I don't want to buy this thing. I'm not interested in this. This looks like kind of just fake, not even fake, but you know, like, well, what I've always said is like spam is any unwanted message. Honestly, yeah. like anything you don't want is spam. But phishing is more targeted right. and it's um, it's like a malicious tricking to try and obtain like your credentials or your, you know, bank account login, something like that. So, for example, they could log into your ESP, send a message from your account saying, this is Netflix. Your account is locked. You need right. to log in. 
and then they have a button that says log in. And when you click it, it takes them to the sketchy website, but it might look pretty legit. And it asks them to log in. Right. And as soon as someone enters their credentials, now that Fisher has their Netflix login. Things like that happen all the time. So that's an example of the damage that can be done in your account. And a lot of times they will do that from your sending domain. So now people like Gmail and Microsoft and Yahoo are seeing like, whoa, wait a minute. This sending domain just sent a ton of phishing emails. We're getting a lot of people reporting it. Mm-hmm. Let's bring their reputation down and start sending their messages to spam to protect people. So that is not fun to try and um, come back from. Mm-hmm. And another you know, layer, maybe they don't import new subscribers, but maybe they send spam or phish to your subscribers, yeah. which is also no fun just because then your audience that you've spent your time building up and making a relationship with probably loses a lot of trust. In yeah, you. definitely. Especially because people people don't understand like how email works a lot of times. Um, so the whole point why we did this podcast. <laughs> yep. um, but it's confusing to people when they see your domain, but somehow someone is sp- sending spam or fish because it's like too complicated for someone to, which is understandable. Like I'm not, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that even more is kind of why you like lose that trust with your subscribers because it's not a simple like oh some company sent me some junk mail like in the mail like that's different this is coming like it's coming from you as a reputable sender and i think that is really confusing for people and it makes them not trust you anymore yep exactly so if you've learned anything from our podcast please go right now add two-factor authentication to your ESP account, your ConvertKit account, and honestly, any other account out there, your Gmail account, your bank accounts, go at it. And also, if you know, you're really feeling productive, go change your password to some unique passwords. I know 1Password can help with that. And, um, you know, Google Chrome has their own version of all that. And so does iCloud. So it is really annoying. I know it's so much easier to log into all your accounts with the exact same, you know, password one, two, three, whatever. I would never use that one, obviously. But, um, <laughs> don't do that. Um, it definitely makes you have to think about the time it would take to recover all of that stuff, though. And oh. the time because like we use the credit score analogy a lot for your sender reputation. And it's kind of like getting a ding on your credit score. It's really easy to not pay a bill and get sent to collections. And then all of a sudden your credit is tanked. And then when you try to build that up again, that stays on your record for a really long time. And it's similar to, you know, you could have someone send spam from your account or fish, and then it could take you months to build that up again. But it would only take one send for them to ruin your whole reputation. Yep, exactly. So the damage it can do is not worth, you know. The two extra seconds it takes to use your phone. (laughs) Just spend a little bit more time every day to keep yourself safe and have that peace of mind. You can sleep easier at night. I know I can when I feel like everything is protected. All right. Number two is utilize double opt-in and recaptcha to prevent list bombing. And we've definitely talked about this before. Um, So if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, this shouldn't be new to you. Another way spammers like to use your email sending for bad is through list bombing. List bombing is a very, to me, like a weird concept, and it's also kind of hard to explain. Um, But basically, list bombing is when your email signup form is flooded with a bunch of signups from people who didn't actually sign up to be there. It can look very different in each case. Often the email addresses that are being added belong to real people who don't know who you are and did not sign up for your list. So 
it's not always like I think a lot of times people think that they're like spam addresses or something. Right. But they're actually like they could belong to me and you. Right. Yeah. Just normal human. So it's kind of like a weird concept. It's a very like tricky and like sneaky thing to do, in my opinion. But when they receive a message from you, they're likely to mark it as spam or complain. And that obviously will ruin your reputation, especially over like a period of time. Like if you are not using a double opt-in and you don't realize it's happening and it just continues to happen, sometimes people will notice it very quickly because the uh, form will have other information in it that doesn't look like it belongs. But a lot of times people won't even realize because those addresses look real. Oh, it's a hard one. I hate it for people because... A lot of people who just, they mean well, they don't know what they're, you know, looking for necessarily. They don't see the signs of list bombing. It'll happen to them and it really will hurt their deliverability. Their open rates will start to drop. And um, it's just so sad because what's happening is it's fishers or spammers, either one, taking Mm -hmm. advantage of you. They're piggybacking off of your messages to spam people. Right. Yeah, it's it's really like unfortunate because... This isn't always the case, but I think sometimes people are like, oh, I have a lot of signups. This is great. And it's not what you think it is, unfortunately. So That's especially, and sometimes it is easy to tell, even if the addresses look normal, when you get like 5,000 signups in a day, that's obviously yeah. not normal. So, but why would spammers do this? You might be wondering. There's a lot of potential reasons why, but here are the two main ones. To share a phishing link. So this is one that we see quite a bit, like if someone wants to pretend that they are Amazon, uh, the spammers will often add a phishing link to the first name field. So when these victims start receiving emails from you, instead of saying, hey, Alyssa, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it will say something like, hey, your Microsoft bill is overdue. Click here to pay your balance. Um, This is a way for spammers to piggyback off of your domain reputation, ESP services, et cetera, to get their phishing content out there. And I've definitely seen this. And it looks, to me, it looks not always very legit, but it would be easy for you to like think about if you had some people are like, oh, I don't even have a Microsoft service. You know, it's easy for someone to be like, that doesn't belong to me. That can't be real. If they just get a couple of the right people who it kind of aligns to your life and kind of makes sense to you. Maybe you have a busy day and you're just not paying attention and you click on it. The crazy thing is, because I know, you know, a lot of us see phishing emails and things like this. And we're like, nobody would fall for that. But the sad thing is, A lot of people do, clearly. Um, Spammers and fishers are making tons of money through things like this. So, yeah, although it doesn't look great Mm -hmm. and it looks to someone who's more tech savvy and knows a little bit about email, they're going to see an email like this and be like, okay, this is not right. But they do catch a lot of people with Mm -hmm. these strategies. And then even if you know it's phishing, you're probably going to mark that as either phishing or spam in your ESP. So now you just, you know, dock the reputation of whoever's list got list bombed and they're just an innocent person out there with a form on their website. I actually just, this is not the same thing, but I just got a text message um, and it said Amazon Mm. in all caps. Your order, blah, 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 the number is now processing. And it said 354 will be debited from your account. They didn't put a dollar sign. Mm -hmm. They didn't. It's so fake. Like you can tell. But there was a moment where I was like, did I order something for $350 on Amazon? Like, even though I know this is fake, there is still like that small part of me that was like second guessing myself. And like, should I click on that? You know what I mean? It was just, it is hard sometimes to think like, so then I'm like going in and checking my bank account to make sure that nothing's been charged. It's, 
It's hard. There's even junk mail I get in the mail still where I'm like, this looks so legit and I open it and I know it's fake. But yeah, so email is even, I think, easier to get tricked because you ha- it's like mixed in with all these other emails. And sometimes you're just like clicking through to open the mail. Yeah, we got a junk mail the other day that actually made Thomas, my husband, so mad. He was like, this should be illegal because mm-hmm. obviously we are too like educated people who could tell the letter was fake, Mm -hmm. but it was like a letter that tried to make you think you had a mortgage payment due, but it was really trying to like get you to refinance or something. Um, But it looks so sketchy. We get them a lot. Yeah. I'm sure Mm -hmm. they trick so many people and that's so sad, but I do think for some reason, and I could be wrong about this, maybe it's the people who don't, didn't grow up with email yeah. Um, I think email for some group of people holds a level of like trust. Yeah. Like that makes they sense. see an email and they're like, oh, this has to be legit. It came through right. email. It says it's from mm-hmm. Netflix or whoever. Um, when, you know, which we'll kind of get into the next point. You and I know, like, just because it says it's from someone doesn't mean it is. Mm-hmm. So number two, so this we were talking about the two main reasons um, why spammers do this. The second reason is to flood the inbox of their victim. So this is one we see a lot too. A malicious person will compromise someone's bank account, for example, but they don't want the victim to see the warning emails about the strange activity. So they will flood the inbox of the victim so that they don't ever see those. They just get thousands of emails or whatever back to back to back. Um, this happened recently to a ConvertKit employee's sister. She suddenly received over a thousand emails in a matter of minutes at 3 a.m., Buried in those emails was a confirmation email from Sam's Club showing a purchase of five Dyson vacuums for $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's sneaky. It's probably not something like I don't know that many people who've had this happen, but I think it's just one of those things where if you just are unlucky and your information's out there, like it can happen. Yeah, it's so, so sneaky. And yeah. the sad thing is like the thousands of messages they're getting flooded with, again, belong to, to people someone. like you mm-hmm. all who are listening right now. Mm-hmm. Like they belong to creators who are just trying to do their thing and yep. they have a sign up form on their page. So and now, you know, they're probably going to get marked to spam by a lot of people. I think it creates distrust, not only like it's obviously going to with um, Sam's Club and potentially the association with Dyson, like it could get a lot of people involved in, yeah, like just bad reputation. Such a mess that um, was posted in our ConvertKit Slack channel because someone's, yeah, someone's sister that happened to, and they were like, oh my gosh. And we're like, yep, this is list bombing, which mm-hmm. we talk about all the time, but it happens. And she was posting some links on um, some online forums where a bunch of people were posting yeah. that it happened to them or their family members. So it's a very common one. And that's another reason you want to secure your right. forms because they are very um, effective mm-hmm. ways for spammers to do their thing. And I think there's kind of this misconception too, which is something I sort of see is people will say, well, I've not used a double opt-in for the past two years and nothing like this has ever happened. And it's like, you know, of course, like that, that is very common for something in email to stay the same. Like something could not happen to you for a year and then all of a sudden something will change and, and it could happen to you. So it's not a matter of like, if it's usually a matter of when. We always encourage people to use double opt-ins, and I know double opt-ins can feel discouraging at times because there are people who won't follow through and confirm their subscription. But I I personally think I would much rather have that than have to deal with the aftermath of list bombing because, like I said, it could take months for you to build your reputation back up again. 
And that logic you're referring to, to me, sounds like someone saying, I never wear a seatbelt because I haven't ever been in a car right. accident. And it's like, that's just not the way things work. Right. Um, you know, that sort of thing happens all at once, out of nowhere. Yep. You don't know when it's going to happen. If we knew, we would be able right. to stop it from happening. <laughs> yeah. So I do think if you are, because we definitely get those people, if you're one of them <laughs> listening, we still love you. But it is a lot. Uh, we yeah. get some people that are like, there are five people who haven't confirmed their opt-in oh my gosh, are the messages going to their spam folder? What's happening? And we're just like, you know, some people just don't open their email and click to confirm their opt-in. I mean, I have done it. Yeah. I have a thousand percent signed up to someone's list and not confirm my subscription. Or I just forgot about it for weeks and I actually ended up going and confirming my subscription. So you just, you cannot predict human behavior that well to be able to decide why someone didn't open and to automatically default and think it was just because it went to spam. Like that's a very um, strong assumption that they yeah. just didn't open it because it went to spam. Right. And, you know, I think if you're going to be one of those people who are watching the unconfirmed subscribers like a hawk and you're losing sleep over at night, that's not great. But if you're going to be that person and you really, so you decide not to use double opt-in or a confirmed opt-in, then make sure you are keeping the closest eye you can on your complaints, mm-hmm. the account or the email addresses that are coming through. Are there any spikes? Like you have to be really looking at everything just in case. Um, but another thing that's super, super important, I don't think we've really touched on very much is recaptcha or any other um, sort of security on a form. So I know we've said this before, but at ConvertKit, if you create a form and you embed it directly on your website, you don't use any integration or tweak it. Mm -hmm. You just embed it on your uh, website. Then we have an automated bot protection that works um, in the background for you. And it's amazing. So for our accounts, our people that have that set up, I actually don't, you know, like push double opt-in as hard because I know that that's working in the background. But if it's not, make sure you have reCAPTCHA set up and then maybe you can go a little easier on the double Mm opt-in. But either way, putting list bombing aside, double opt-in is so great to make sure the people on your list are the most high quality people on your list. And I know that's a hard mindset for some people to get in, but some of our customers are really in that mindset and they only want people on their list who are going to be opening Mm -hmm. and clicking and engaging on all their messages. And if you're not going to be, you know, engaged, then maybe you don't want them on their list. Normally, if you don't experience like complaints about your emails going to spam, on a regular basis, it's very unlikely that just your confirmation email is going to spam. Like if you're not having issues in other areas, again, it's probably not great to assume that that's the only reason people are not. There could be other reasons that people aren't clicking. Don't get me wrong. Like maybe your call to action is buried in your incentive email or there's a million other reasons why someone might not click. But if you don't have deliverability issues, it's very unlikely that your confirmation is the only thing, you know, going to spam. So that's just something. And then I was going to say, oh, if you're using an integration um, like lead pages, I know a lot of people, there's all different kinds of third party tools people can use for forms. And there's definitely a lot of people who don't use ConvertKit forms directly on their site. They should have some sort of security option on those as well, whether it's reCAPTCHA or I don't know what other like settings you can tweak on those, but um, that's something too. like that wouldn't be controlled in ConvertKit. So it's just good to look at whatever platform you're using for forms and make sure if there are security settings that you have them enabled. 
All right, so that goes over list bombing. Uh, the third thing you can do to really secure everything is a step that I wouldn't say maybe everyone should take, but let's get into it. Implementing DMARC to prevent spoofing. This issue is a bit more rare for some senders, but it is still possible for anyone. Um, so in some cases, spammers will send emails from their own system using your domain as their sending address. It's crazy. It feels like this shouldn't be possible. Mm -hmm. And we just assume. We're like, someone can't just take my sending address and send mail from it. But no, like, you definitely can. If, for example, PayPal didn't have a DMARC record, I'm sure they do. I know I've looked it up before. I could send anyone an email right now and say, info at paypal.com, send the message, and it will pop up in their mailbox and say, from info at paypal.com. So DMARC was created to prevent spoofing from happening. The other forms of authentication, SPF and DKIM, they do other um, types of authentication, but it all happens in the background of the message. And that's what's hard. DMARC makes authentication happen with the sending address that your subscribers actually see in their mailbox. So we have a whole podcast episode about DMARC where we go super in depth into how it works. What is it doing? I'm not going to get into that here because we'll be here for a long time, but um, you can find that in season one. I think it's like authentication is the title. But anyways, kind of the highlights here are that if you want to make sure no one is able to send any message using your domain that isn't supposed to, you can start looking into DMARC. However, it's not easy to implement. But if you have signs that your domain is being spoofed, it's worth it to go ahead and start exploring it. The reason I say it's not easy to implement is because you can essentially mess up some of your mail if it's not following the DMARC standards. So for example, at the last ESP I worked for, I helped a lot of colleges and someone, you know, in a college, for example, there's like the Department of Arts and Sciences and the Department of Math and the Department of Engineering. And they all sent emails using different platforms. And so one of them would decide to set up DMARC and -hmm. all the other ones, all their messages would bounce because they had no idea Mm -hmm. and they weren't ready for that. So there are just a lot of steps you need to take to make sure every single email that you're sending and you want to be sending Mm -hmm. is DMARC compliant. Again, (laughs) we get into all that in the other podcast, so I, I won't go too much here, but maybe the best two takeaways for you are how to know, are you being spoofed? Because most people listening here are not getting spoofed and they're not going to be spoofed. But this is how you might know if you are. Um, If you start to have people emailing you, asking you to stop emailing them, but they aren't on your email list. Um, That's one thing we see every now and then. And it means someone else is sending emails from you. Another reason this could happen though, sometimes we see, see this happen and the person has like an email address on your email list that's forwarding to this new email address they're talking about and that forwarded email isn't on your list. So that's another thing to work out mm-hmm. with them. Maybe ask if they have any forwarded settings in place. But for the most part, that is still a warning sign of spoofing. Uh, the second one I've seen people struggle with is if you start receiving a bunch of out-of-office replies about emails you've never sent, that's a good sign that someone out there is sending emails from you and those out-of-office replies are getting Just, replied yeah. to you. And you're like, what? I didn't send an email to this person. So It's a very bizarre concept. It is. I mean, there's so much to DMARC and it's to me, it's really interesting. But I remember when I first started learning about it and I was like, this is extremely overwhelming, but it 
it really is once you can kind of understand the basics of like why it's there, it is actually really incredible how helpful it is because if you have a DMARC record and someone sends an email with your domain and the message does not authenticate properly, you will get a DMARC report to your email address saying that it was used. It's just nice to know like you have a record of that. Yeah, it's very helpful. The only thing is, it just depends on, are you a one-person team who does mm-hmm. your email and you're literally everything? Mm-hmm. Or do you have a team or someone who can help with this? Because you will receive DMARC reports to whatever email address you set up daily right. from multiple mailbox providers. And the reports are not super easy to read through. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you have to like put them through a tool to actually decipher them. So it's really time-consuming there are full-on companies who help people implement DMARC. So mm-hmm. it's definitely not a small undertaking. And it's like not something ConvertKit or another ESP can help with. It's more of something um, someone would need to consult on. Or I usually recommend um, a company called Demartian, D-M-A-R-C-I-A-N. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can help you through it. There's a lot of other companies too that are great. But I just use their lookup tool all the time. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope that wasn't too technical there at the end, but the synopsis is spammers want what you have. Take that for what it is and be really careful with what you have. Mm -hmm. You have a solid sender reputation, probably. You have an account with an ESP, I would assume if you're listening to this, and you have a list of subscribers. So who, you know, they trust you. They trust your sending domain. So spammers would absolutely love to have access to all of that. And they might be trying to. So um, our biggest takeaways for you are number one, go add two-factor authentication right now to your ESP account and then also all your accounts. And then number two, make sure all of your forms on the internet are secured with either reCAPTCHA, if you're a ConvertKit customer, embed the forms directly on your website and we will have protection for you automatically. Mm -hmm. Um, And three, we recommend double opt-in. And then four, just look out for signs of spoofing. It's pretty likely that if someone, if a spammer starts to use your domain to send messages, you will find out about it eventually because Mm -hmm. people will reply to your email address and say, you're sending me spam. So you'll probably find out about it, but you might um, still want to look into DMARC and just have a better understanding of how it works. Cool. Cool. Hope everybody stays safe out there. Yeah. Secure your forums. Use two-factor authentication. Two-factor authentication is like totally underrated. I think it's like a very simple way to like make sure that you don't have bad things going on in all of your bank accounts, anything. Uh, So I'm pretty sure there's a reply all episode about two-factor authentication. I think it's the one called The Russian Passenger, Mm. episode 91. His phone suddenly starts to get blown up with notifications from Uber about um, like your car is ready, your car's here, and it's all like in Russia. And he lives in New York. So he's like, what is happening? Someone in Russia is using my Uber account. It's really interesting and it gets into all the two-factor authentication stuff. Yeah, highly recommend it. Cool. Alrighty, well, I hope everyone has a great rest of your week. We will be back next week. Yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com deliverability. 
We'll see you next week. Bye.